You're listening to PX Space, a patient experience podcast devoted to the human side of healthcare. Brought to you by MDM Healthcare, committed to excellence in healthcare, offering a wide range of technology products. With your host, Linda Robinson, the Vice President of Clinical Excellence. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of PX Space. I'm Linda Robinson, your host. Today, I want to talk about Patricia Susan Summit. She was the wife and mother and an award-winning American women's college basketball head coach for the Tennessee Lady Vols. She accrued 1,098 career wins, the most in college basketball history at the time of her retirement. She also won eight NCAA Division I championships and won both silver and gold medals at the Olympics. Sadly, she was diagnosed with early Alzheimer's onset at the age of 58 in 2011. However, she forged on and continued to serve as the head coach, living by her motto, left foot, right foot, breathe, until her retirement in 2012. Alzheimer's is the most common cause of dementia. It is a progressive and devastating illness for patients and their loved ones. More than 6 million Americans of all ages have Alzheimer's. However, only 5 to 6% develop symptoms before the age of 65. So with over 6 million Americans having Alzheimer's, that means 300 to 360,000 have the young onset form of the disease. Early onset Alzheimer's has a more aggressive disease course and symptoms progress much faster. Pat Summit passed away in 2016. Left foot, right foot, breathe. I want to welcome Pat Summit's son, Tyler, to the program today. He is on the board of the Pat Summit Foundation and is also involved in the Pat Summit Leadership Group and the Pat Summit Clinic at the University of Tennessee Medical Center. Thank you so much for coming to share with us your mother's life and your unique perspective of a loved one and caregiver. Welcome. Absolutely. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Excited to be here. Thank you, Tyler. So tell us about your mom. Yeah, I mean, she was uh, she was amazing. She was a lot of things to, to a lot of people. Grew up on a dairy farm, uh, four siblings, had three older brothers, which is a lot of where her toughness came from. Her dad was tough. Um, and started to play basketball, was really good at it, uh, went to the Olympics. You mentioned the medals. She's actually the first uh, to ever win medals as both a player and a coach. Um, and so a silver was as a player, and then the gold was as the head coach. And so she was the first to ever do that. Um, she's most known for the University of Tennessee, uh, retired with more wins than anybody, men's or women's, uh, was named the the coach of the century, was awarded the Presidential Medal of Freedom. I mean, it's gives me chills. Just you know, wow. I'm I'm so honored to be her son. Wow. Uh, and so uh, yeah, got got Alzheimer's like you mentioned, and kind of took that toughness with it. But uh, you know, don't misunderstand. It was a very emotional um, mm-hmm. time and a roller coaster ride, especially at first, right after the diagnosis. But um, like you said, started the Pat Summit Foundation, Pat Summit Leadership Group, and we're continuing her fight today. That's amazing. What a life. Um, I did read that she did tobacco too. I've done tobacco. Uh, I'd never cut it, but I've set it and I've hung it and I've stripped it. And it is a lot of work and you do the stripping in the freezing cold. Um, so you have to be pretty tough. 
Um, yes, what an amazing life uh, life she had. Um, can you tell us a little bit about the first symptoms when she first started seeing that that maybe something was off? Yes, absolutely. And it was really hard to be honest uh, in my mom's case because you know she had she had already won her her eight national championships and everybody wanted a, a piece of her. I'll say they wanted her to go do corporate speeches. She had to go meet with donors. She had to, you know, go run practice and she had to meet with her staff and meet, you know, put out fires. And so she's essentially a CEO uh, of a corporation. Um, they've got stressed, 15, probably yeah, overwhelmed. Absolutely. absolutely 15,000 people at every game um, that, that are watching her. And so my mom losing her keys was very normal. I mean, when she was, you know, when I was born and when I was 10 years old, where's mom's keys was just kind of a normal <laughs> phrase um, or what times that meeting. And so it just became a little more frequent, to be honest. It was just every single day. Where's the keys? And it was, it was kind of weird. It's like, OK, mom's a little off her game here. Or, or when I really knew is what time is practice? She never asked that. Uh, practice was her time with her student athletes, which is what she took pride in. She took pride in being a teacher. Um, and teaching them how to be successful on and off the court. And, and so she never asked what time is practice. She always knew when that was. She might say what time am I meeting with so-and-so or, or what time is this team dinner, you know, thing. but practice she knew. And so when she asked that question, that was, that was kind of a light bulb. And then in games, when there's a lot going on in basketball games, heat of the moment, those two hours, and a lot of decisions, quick split-seconds decisions had to be made seeing her kind of maybe be a little bit slower, not as confident in those decisions. Those were the first ones, you know, obviously followed by by the more progressive symptoms. But th that's when we first started to notice. Interesting. And and did she, I could see um, myself not wanting to tell anyone. I'm, I'm the age, I'm, at, you know, in my late 50s. Um, just being so thinking, what is going on? And being afraid to voice it out loud, for some reason, I don't remember where things are. Did she did she um, come to you all at that point or did she go see a physician? I don't I don't know if she even noticed it quite as much. See, I was a my parents, um, you know, were split at the time. I was I was the only child. And so yeah. I think I started seeing things a little bit more because she's just going 100 miles an hour. Right. right. Um but she did say, you know, kind of after we got the diagnosis, looking back, she she's thinking she'd wake up and say, where am I? You know what? And she's at home. And, you know, it's like, what is what's going on here? What's wrong with me? And it kind of became this opponent uh, that we didn't know who it was. It was this masked opponent because we had no idea what was going on. This is somebody who is Wonder Woman that would go and speak at the White House and speak to the CIA and speak to Walmart's talk executives and, you know, go speak in front of thousands and tens of thousands of people. And now she's slipping. Uh, and so, again, it was what is going on? I think that honestly was the scariest time, maybe even more so than the diagnosis, was we had no clue what was happening. Right. And she was so young. I mean, that's unusual. She was 58 years old or let's see. Was she 58 when she yeah, was diagnosed? 58, 59, yeah. 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 Um, and so, right, was, this is not something that you would expect. It's not like a pneumonia. Like right. you said, it's this unseen opponent. So how did you, uh, you know, she did continue to coach that year. How did you all attack that? I mean, because it sounds like she she really attacked everything that she went after to win or to get through. 
She did. Um, I mean, it was a, it was a lot of, I'll tell you this, when she first got the diagnosis, we went to the Mayo Clinic and they run every test known to man on her because she had other things going on too, rheumatoid arthritis, AFib with her heart. Um, mm-hmm. She just dislocated her shoulder. She backhanded a raccoon off her back deck and dislocated <laughs> her shoulder. Um, she grew up on, she grew up on the farm. So you know, the tobacco and the dairy farm. So she could backhand a raccoon or two, but, um, and so then we went to the Mayo Clinic in Minnesota and ran all the tests and finally got the diagnosis. And there was a couple months there. It was the off season. So she wasn't coaching. Uh, we went down to Destin to, to a place that she had there it was there for about a month. And it was a lot of why me, why is this happening? How could this happen? She's at the you know top of her game as, as a coach, as a mom, as a person. And, uh, and it took about, I'd say a month to come to terms with it. She really relied on her faith, you know, her and her family never missed a day of church growing up, really, really relied on that, got a game plan together, didn't tell a lot of people at first, um, but then made the announcement, um, and and made the announcement she was going to keep coaching, which was very bold. And I would just say courageous, uh, to be on public display with this disease and again, 15,000 people are in the stands watching uh, every single game, uh, still doing the, the press conferences with the microphone in her face. And as you know, Alzheimer's dementia, there's good days and bad days. Right. Um, right. And so, but, but she told her team, she said, uh, you know, she told them right before the announcement came out, she said, this is not going to be a pity party for Pat Summit. Uh, this is not about me. Uh, this is about all of us. We're in this together. I trust y'all. And they won the conference championship that year, which, again, I think is a testament to her staff, you know, especially Holly Warlick, Mickey DeMoss, Dean Lockwood, her three assistant coaches. They mm-hmm. stepped up. She really delegated, which I think something, you know, is something that I admire in her even before Alzheimer's. She could delegate uh, with the best of them. And she was not insecure. She was secure enough with herself to surround herself with people who are better than she was. And, and she put them in a position of success. Um, I think that's so crucial for dementia, Alzheimer's. Uh, you know, you've got to be able to ask for help. You've got to be able to say, okay, maybe I can't do that anymore. Um, and for a strong person like my mom, I know that had to be hard, but that's how she was able to keep, keep coaching one more year. Again, even though she had had the Alzheimer's, she was still elevating her staff. And, you know, everybody in those stands were were supporting her. I mean, everybody, they wanted to see her do well um, and support her through that. And I'm sure that she felt that. But you're that you're right. That's a true leader. A true leader delegates, you know, and that's amazing. Such an incredible story. So tell us a little bit about your. um, Any. interactions that you had with healthcare at the time. Um, sure. We, and we, and we had a lot, I'll tell you this, the, the awesome thing was once we got the diagnosis, um, it, it was, it was really awesome to have everybody on the same page. And I think that was crucial to get, right. you know, again, the, the, the heart doctors and the brain doctors and the arthritis, rheumatoid arthritis, all of them. Um, and, and the, the nurses, everybody on the same page. I think that was missing before the diagnosis where again you go to the cardiologist and then that's done and then you come back and i'm sure nowadays with technology it's it's better a decade later it's it's Mm -hmm. better but that was part of the frustration trying to figure out what is going on and it was like people you know we weren't we weren't communicating super well 
And then right. immediately, maybe a few months after the diagnosis, it's like, what do we treat here? Because I can't take this strong rheumatoid arthritis drug and this strong drug over here for AFib and this strong drug, you know, whatever experimental things we're going to try with mm-hmm. Alzheimer's. Um, and so well, we, with her complex medical history going on, I'm sure at first they could have thought some of this was due to medication or the atrial fib or the drug for the RA. Yep. Yeah. Oh, that was absolutely a thing. It was like, you know, is, is she, is she drinking on the, whatever it was called methotrexate? No, she's not drinking anything. Is she doing that? No, she's not doing it. I mean, we went through right, all this right. stuff and I will say that about the Mayo Clinic. Uh, it, it really did help to have everybody in one building uh, talking to each other that right. helped us get our, you know, everybody in Tennessee on the same page talking to each other. And we really prioritized the Alzheimer's, um, you know, after that diagnosis and, and that helped. And so I'll say that I really appreciated how uh, all of the doctors, nurses, staff, caregivers were on the same page. That was big. Took a lot of pressure off of a 21 year old that I was trying to help my mom and didn't know how. So uh, really took the pressure off of me. That's great. So, I, you know, and thinking of Pat, you were all on the same team. You know, you became a team. She was the captain of the team. You and her together, the captain of that team, letting them know what was going on, what the symptoms were, how she was doing with each of the meds. And that is so very important. And that is something that in healthcare we strive to do. And you're right. It's hard. It's really difficult. Um, You know, you think of patients are on all different types of medicines. And how do we make sure that everybody knows everything that's going on? And it's, it is really nice when you can go to an organization that has all of the physicians in one place. Uh, they're doing a lot of that with gerontology now in centers, which is really good because it's the same thing. You know, you don't want someone to have to go to this doctor's office, then go to this doctor's office, and then go to this doctor's office. So that's that's wonderful. I'm so glad that you were able to organize her care in such a way. And so I think about... You know, you talked about her leadership skills and how even throughout her illness, she still she stuck to those. And that's something that she was very proud of. And it was something that that she did speak of regularly. And and I believe after she passed is when you started the uh, Pat Summit Leadership Group. That's correct. Yeah. So when mom got diagnosed, she, she said two things. She said, uh, I want to kick dementia's ass, you know, kick our Alzheimer's <laughs> ass. Uh, and, and I want to take my definite dozen, you know, out into the world, uh, not, not just in sports, but business world and beyond. And so we, mom and I co-founded the Pat Summit Foundation. And then I founded the Pat Summit Leadership Group, uh, which focuses on her definite dozen principles. And we have everybody from uh, scientists to construction workers to restaurant workers to stay-at-home parents, you name it. Uh, we have people going through the online program there, listening to speakers there. And it's really cool because, you know, it's videos of my mom and principles of my mom. People are still learning. And there are some right, right. some healthcare providers in there, you know, a, a whole mix of, of people with the Pat Summit Leadership Group, and especially in that online program with the Definite Dozen. And she was passionate about that. So in a way, I feel like we're still fulfilling her dream to, to, to kick Alzheimer's butt and also to, to go and to help people be successful, no matter what they do in life with, with the Pat Summit Leadership Group. That's neat. Can you tell us what the definite dozen are? Yeah, absolutely. So she always started with respect. So it's respect yourself and others. Um, 
And she always really started with that because you had to kind of kind of start with with respect before you do anything else. Um, put the team before yourself. Um, and so, again, it's not about me when she got the diagnosis. It's not mm -hmm. about me. Um, learn to be a great communicator. And she was huge on that. I remember one time I was probably five or six and I went down to our dock. We lived on the Tennessee River. I went down to our dock and I didn't tell her. She walked out. She had, my first name is Ross. I go by my middle name. She goes, Ross Tyler Summit. And actually got a whipping for every step. There's 42 <laughs> steps. 42 <laughs> steps from the house to the dock. Take a step. Bang. Take a step. Bang. So, uh, you know. It wasn't she communicated tough, to but, you real but, well you know, that you were saying, not supposed to go down me, that dock. Yeah, you're going to tell me when you go to the dock. She was worried about me <laughs> drowning. But, again, right, it was, right. it was you can go. Just communicate. Um, right. Make hard work your passion. Uh, she said, uh, here's how I'm going to beat you. I'm just going to outwork you. That's all there is to it is I'm going to outwork you. Um, and so that, that honestly, that one is kind of her, you know, her, her calling order is that she's going to outwork you. Um, be a competitor, no matter what you do, that, that's a principle, be a competitor. So no matter what you're trying to do, uh, what you're doing in life, again, stay at home parent in your profession as, as a spouse, uh, compete to be the best that you can be the best version of yourself. And I think she was really good at putting people in, in places of success. Um, loyalty uh, is a principle. And, and again, I think, uh, I think it's very rare. My mom was at the University of Tennessee for, for 38 years. She got offered professional jobs. She got offered more money. She, got, she stayed there from the time she was 22 until she was done. Uh, her student athletes had 100% success rate um and so it, it, it graduation rate um they all graduated every single one um uh, and so yeah yeah i mean it was again and she'd always start every year you know with with that respect and that loyalty um and i think that's really important to her because you have to start with that you have to you know again you have to respect yourself first right. um mm -hmm. take full responsibilities one she was big on that uh that that you've got to be able to own up, whether it's mistakes or, or whatever, which is similar to another principle, discipline yourself so no one else has to. Um, and big on discipline. Again, going up on that tobacco farm, dairy farm, cows don't take yeah. a day off. Uh, don't just work hard, work smart, um, uh, which I think she really, she really prided herself on again with, with the Alzheimer's. You know, she was trying to work smart right, because she knew she was going to have times where she was sharp and times right. where, where maybe she wasn't. Mm -hmm. uh, Change is a must. I don't think I said that one. Uh, change is a must, which was big. Again, you have Alzheimer's. There's going to be a lot of changes. Change. Uh, he was always trying to change to improve. Uh, and then handle success like you handle failure. Usually the last one she would cover of her definite dozen because uh, once you have success, uh, if you become complacent, um, then you're not going to keep the success. And so I don't know if that was all 12, but again, respect, responsibility. Pretty close. But man, you can see how she walked through these and walked through this diagnosis and the rest of her life. Yep. Um, yeah. And, and using again, these principles. It, it's pretty cool. The Pat Summit Foundation, it's, it's on their website, Pat Summit Leadership Group. It's, you know, everything is based off of the, the right. definite dozen. It's just cool that people can still learn from yes, her. From, from her. Still see videos, yep. corporate speeches that she gave to T-Mobile or, or right. you name it, whoever, Pilot Flying J, whoever she was talking to, we have yeah. those recorded and she's mm -hmm. still teaching. I don't know. If that was me, her mission. 
It was. And for me, with my wife, Brooke, and our three kids, they're five, one, and eight months, they're going to know their grandmother, and they're going to know what she stood for. Oh, that's amazing. That's wonderful. Now, you did co-found the uh, foundation before she passed away. So this was, again, something she felt very passionate about. And we wanted to do that first and, you know, tackle that, 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 uh, hope and dream of hers first, because we were hoping it could help her, you know, let's, let's found right. a, a, a foundation that, that maybe be able to help her, you know, with her diagnosis, which again, it took some time to get rolling, but I mean, uh, it's, it's pretty amazing what the foundation has been able to do. All the people that have, that have come to support and, and the Pat Summit Clinic there at the University of Tennessee Medical Center, where there's real doctors, real people, real care on the ground right there. Uh, making wait times, just go away to go and see a specialist. Uh, it's just very impressive. And you feel um, you feel safe when you walk in there. And I think that's mm-hmm. something that, that my mom would like is, you know, she would always say, this is the place, her office. Something happened, there was a fire. You go into her office, you sit down, you let it all out. She would help. That's what the Pat Summit Foundation, Pat Summit Clinic really do uh, is when you get that diagnosis, um, this is the place, you know, come and, and you and you just feel like, okay, I have a team now. I have experts now. I'm surrounded with people who are better than myself, just like Pat Summit always used to do. Um, and so, yes, uh, so proud of the foundation. So proud of it. Uh, amazing events, uh, giving grants, helping with caregivers. There's a new uh, Pat's Game Plans coming out where, you know, we're going to help uh, everybody with that. It's something that I wish I would have had as a 21-year-old only child. Um It's difficult. I grew up with a grandmother with Alzheimer's in the home and it's difficult. It's, it's grueling really. I mean, when my grandmother would get frustrated or she would get angry, you know, the patience that it took and the love um, at the same time. And there's not another disease quite like it because you're seeing that person that you loved basically disappear before your eyes. Yeah, that's the absolutely. best way that I can put it. It is. I, I think my my pastor, uh, when mom was diagnosed and I was there in Knoxville, he said, you know, you're going to lose her twice. Right. And I was, you know, what do you mean? You're going to lose her twice. You're going to lose her, you know, mentally. And then you're going to lose her when she passes away. I'm going to be honest. Losing her the first time mentally was harder um, because, again, one, it happens so fast. But I, I saw her emotional you know, I had to watch her handle it too. You know, when she passed, I feel like she's resting, going to heaven, better place. Um, you know, it's almost in, in a way, it's it's a sigh of relief that she doesn't have to suffer anymore. Because um, she, she hated that disease, man. I mean, she absolutely hated that disease. She was so mad at the disease every day. Uh, wanted to beat it so bad. Um, and, so, and she did and, so much work that maybe it didn't help her beat it, but she's helping others do that. Um, through the work that she's left behind. Um, And then with her leadership, you know, it's, it's that type of those leadership principles that help others become successful. And like you said, physicians, businessmen, you know, to raise money to, to look at Alzheimer's and find a cure. Absolutely. No, absolutely. And again, I, can't say enough about the Pat Summit Foundation. It's so cool. And it's it's very national. I mean, I'll go overseas and, and people are like, oh, yeah, I donated to the Pat Summit Foundation. I'll be in California, New York, Florida. Hey, Pat right. Summit Foundation. And it's just so 
amazing the impact that my mom was able to have and the staff there at the foundation, Morgan and, and Adam. Adam's like a big brother to me. Morgan is the executive director and just so passionate about it. It's just really cool um, how they're continuing her fight and we're doing so, so much good work for people right now. I think my mom would look down and be proud. That's it. That's just wonderful. And we actually did a podcast with Morgan Vance um, on the foundation. So anyone listening, um, after you listen to this, go back and listen to the podcast on the foundation that we did with Morgan. Um, so tell us, um, before we go, tell us one of your most wonderful memories of your mom. Because, say- you know, we hear that you, we have the frustrating times and the heart-wrenching times but it's those wonderful times that that stay in your heart forever. Absolutely. You know, I would say, honestly, it's it's my mom on the boat um, and it's not even one specific memory. It's just when she would get on that boat, cell phone was off, cell phone was left at home, might just be heard me, maybe, maybe my dad, maybe some friends. Um, and we would just go. And she grew up water skiing and there was something about the water and being on the boat. Um, and even after she was diagnosed, we get on the boat and you could just see the calmness and the, the peace and, you know, whereas, you know, maybe in our, she had a larger house, it was kind of chaos and there's a lot going on and confusion. You get on that boat, it's just, you sit and you're just enjoying the sound of the water. And I think that's something again with, with Brooke, my wife and our three kids, we, we try to get on the boat as much as possible. And that's something I still treasure is just seeing my mom, whether again, she was, 45 or, 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 you know, 60 or whatever, um, being on that boat. And, and that's what I would say, even after the diagnosis, just cause she's losing memories, doesn't mean you can't make new ones, you know, and they right, might not exactly. be the, the exact same. You might not have that conversation. Um, uh, but I remember one doctor told me, Hey, even, even if you're not there having a full length conversation with all, you know, a bunch of sentences and when it's hard for them mm-hmm, to talk, mm-hmm. um, just being there. You know, they, they, they sense your presence just being there. Uh, and I think that was, um, that was the boat. Yeah, I get emotional, but that was, that was the boat. That was, I was still able to do that. Right. Well, you know, even if and my grandmother was the same way, you know, there were, when she became nonverbal and she wouldn't eat, just sit next to her and hold her hand because that's, and she, you know, I knew, I knew she knew it was me. You know, and so I was the last, I was the youngest child that was left at home. And so we spent a lot of time together and um, she did. And I'm sure your mom did. She knew it was you. She knew you were there. She knew you'd always be there. And, you know, that's something that helps with the fear. You're not alone. Not alone. So I want to. Yeah, the foundation, foundation motto. Together we will win, you know, together we will win. And that's something she said, you win in life with people and you know, amen. I know it was, it was hard on you and I have similar experiences, but being there is big. It's frustrating. It's hard, but just being there. uh, Right. You wouldn't be anywhere else. You just learn, you learn how to work through it and deal with it and help them calm down. And you know, they're not doing it on purpose. It's something they can't control. And, you know, it's that compassion and that love that gets you through it. Absolutely. Well, I want to thank you for being with us today and thank you for all the wonderful work that you're doing for Alzheimer's. Um, Over 6 million Americans suffer from Alzheimer's and all over the world, the number is much higher. There is no cure and um, hopefully one day there will be. Thank you so much. Well, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Thank you for listening to PX Space. 
For more information, head to our website at journeypx.com. And don't forget to subscribe to our monthly newsletter.